Well, welcome everybody to all of our campuses meeting throughout the Twin Cities today. Uh, way to go, you made it to church. I also want to welcome those of you who are watching online. We consider you to be a part of our congregation, so welcome to you as well. I got to tell you, when, when over 2,000 students come to a church on a Wednesday night, you got to believe there's hope for our country. There's hope for the world. When 2,000 or more students come to a church to you know, experience a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, there's hope. So I'm just proud of those of you who do that, students who are attending church and trying to you know, get your life on a great track, way to go, parents who are supporting that and making room in your family for that, and volunteers and staff. Just, I'm just so proud of, uh, for all of you for doing that. But we are in a series from Ephesians called Battle Ready because I do believe life is filled with battles. In fact, I don't know anybody who isn't facing some sort of struggle at work, uh, school, something in their family. Other people battle anxiety on a regular basis, loneliness, guilt over choices in their past. And as soon as you overcome one battle, it seems like there's another right behind it. I can tell you that every person struggles with something. Every marriage struggles with something. Every parent struggles, every teenager, every single adult struggles with something. And for me, it's not my marriage, thankfully. Usually our marriage isn't perfect, but that's not my main struggle. It's generally not my extended family, although they can be a pain. Uh, it's generally not my health or finances. This might sound crazy to some of you, but my main battle is with me. Honestly, I, it's, it's the ongoing battle I have with my own fears, my own insecurity, and wondering if I have what it takes. And the truth is, I absolutely don't have what it takes. And I have to battle this almost on a daily basis and remember that it's in my weakness that God can make me strong. That in my weakest areas, God's power has a chance to show up. But according to Jason Strand, I have another weakness, and he thinks it's fashion. And that's fine. A couple of weeks ago, he mentioned that my fashion sense couldn't be trusted, and that's probably true. But a few years ago, he wore something on this stage that I will never forget, and I just want to give you a peek <laughs> of that. Anyway, hey, this is the fourth message in our series, Battle Ready, and today's message is called, I Am Filled. I Am Filled. It comes from, from Paul's prayer in Ephesians Chapter 3 that says, I pray that you all, all of us online as well, that you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I just wonder, have you ever prayed a prayer like that? God, fill me with the fullness of your life and power. Paul says there's a fullness of life that is available to every one of us, and the word that he uses here for life in the Greek is zoe. And it means life to its fullest extent. Fullest love, fullest joy, all of the good things in life. God, fill me with the fullness of your zoe and, and power, and the word, that power, the word for power that Paul uses here in the Greek is dunamos, and it, it's our word dynamite. So God, fill me with the fullness of this full life and this explosive kind of power, not to blow things up, not to blow relationships up, but to accomplish things 
that are beyond our own ability. So the next verse he says, and it's by his power at work within us that God is able, it's not us, but God is able to accomplish, I love this, immeasurably more than we could ever ask or even hold inside our brain. What he's saying is that if we are filled with the fullness of God's life and power, then we will be able to do immeasurably more. In other words, fullness of leads to immeasurably more. Fullness of God's life and power leads to immeasurably more. How many of you would say that you want something more in life? When Paul says you're filled with the fullness of God's life and power, you will accomplish far more than you could ever hold inside your head. The question today is, what are you filled with? We're all filled with something. What are you filled with? Sometimes we say things to our friends, you're so full of it. <laughs> so what are you filled with? Uh, because we're all filled with something, and the Bible says if you are filled with God's life and God's power, you'll accomplish way more than you could ever think about. But if you're filled with something else, you'll become vulnerable to temptations and challenges that could hurt you. A couple of weeks ago, I had the rare opportunity to go elk hunting, bow hunting in Montana. I was guided by Ron Iverson, who's a world-class bow hunter. He and his wife, Pam, are wonderful friends, and I know they're watching this today. And as I was getting ready for this trip, I called Ron in Montana. I said, Ron, what's the best cow call I can buy? Now, cow is a, is a female elk, and in mating season, you use cow calls to attract uh, bull, elk, bull elk. And so I said, Ron, what's, what's the best cow call? He said, it's the hoochie mama. <laughs> I said, I said, what? He said, it's the hoochie mama. You get at Cabela's or Joe's Sporting Goods here. In the Twi you get it anywhere. He said, the hoochie mama, a bull can't resist it. He said, first you bugle. If you've never heard a bull bugle, you ought to get on YouTube and, and check that out. You, you bugle, and if a bull responds and he starts coming, you hit him with the hoochie. And he can't resist it. And so I brought my hoochie mama. You want to hear it? This is a cow elk. And a bull hears that and goes, oh. I can't stand it. I gotta, I gotta go check that out. It's just music to his ears. And so a couple weeks ago, it was a crisp 30-degree morning in Montana. I mean, I was deep in the mountains. And Ron let out a bugle. A bugle, half mile away, a bull answered. It was just awesome. Half mile, just this echo through the valley. We closed the gap to a quarter mile. Ron bugled again. The bull answered again. And he said, Bobby's coming. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. Get set up, he said, on that hill, and I'll hit him with the hoochie. <laughs> and, you know, get ready. And I was just as nervous as a cat. Ron backed off 60 yards behind me. He continued to call. You know, he continued to call at the hoochie behind me like this. I do this all day long in my house. The dog loves it. <laughs> I started to shake. Started to climb this little hill, get myself ready. Started to shake and hyperventilate. All my hours of practice came down to this single moment. 
halfway up the hill, this bull elk let out a bugle that shattered, shattered the silence and echoed through the valley. I almost, I, I honestly didn't think I could hold it together. I crested the hill and my heart just sank because 40 yards below me was a cow elk and she blew my cover. She stomped off, looked back, stared at me for a good 20 seconds, when out of nowhere, this, the biggest bull elk I've ever seen stepped out 30 yards broadside from me, but I had no shot because there's all kinds of brush and trees in front, and that was it. Five days of hunting, no other chance than that. My heart was just pounding out of my chest, and that three-second encounter was worth the whole trip. Now, here's how this relates <laughs> to being filled with the fullness of God. Okay, stay with me. What saved that bull's life was the cow. Some of you know this. What saved his life from falling to the hoochie mama was he was filled with the real thing. He was so dialed into that cow, so in tune with her moves and warnings that he was able to resist something that sounded good but would have absolutely killed him. A bald little preacher guy. I would have. I would have, wouldn't have hesitated. But I'm telling you, it's the same with us. It's the same with us. If we are not filled, here's the point. If we are not filled with the fullness of God, of his life and power, if instead we are filled with things like anger and lust and alcohol or filled with a steady stream of marginal entertainment choices, if instead we're filled with internet porn or clubbing on the weekends with very little influence of God's life and power, we become vulnerable to things that can kill us kill our friendships, marriages, and careers. Paul says, look, be filled with, it's a, it's a command, it's not an option, be filled with the fullness of God's life and power so that, here's the reason, so that you and I can accomplish immeasurably more. So what are you filled with today? What are you filled with? What's constantly flowing into your heart and home and mind on a daily basis so that when you hear the hoochie, you'll know where to run? I'm telling you to be battle ready for all the temptations, all the temptations in this crazy world that come at us every single day. You, you have to be filled with the fullness of God's life and power to accomplish and overcome those temptations and challenges. The question is, how do you do that? There's two ways. This is so good. You have to immerse yourself, to immerse yourself in knowing and pursuing Jesus Christ. On this same trip to Montana, I traveled with and stayed with another good friend named Fred Martin. Fred belongs to our church here. He's 71 years old. He's a devoted Christian. He's, he's the CEO of, a, of an investment firm. He's a pilot, very smart man. He's helped me in so many ways. Well, the success rate for bow hunting elk 
uh, in Montana is just 5%. So you have very little chance. But for our friend Ron Iverson, it's 80%. And so one morning, I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning thinking about this. And I thought, what is the difference between those of us who are at 5% and Ron, who's at 80%? I couldn't wait to go downstairs and ask Fred Martin about this. And Fred's always up at 4.30. You know, first he brews a pot of coffee, drinks a bunch of coffee, then he reads his Bible, then he gets online, he's reading reports and analyzing emails and all kinds of stuff at 4.30 in the morning. I walked into the kitchen, and Fred's like a pinball, wide awake. From bouncing from topic to topic, and he uses his hands like this. Bob, do you, you should see what happened. Oh, Bob, let me tell you about that. I said, time out, Fred. Five o'clock in the morning, time out. I said, Fred, what do you think is the difference between those of us who are at 5% and Ron, who's at 80%? Why is he way up here and I'm way down here? Fred says, I have the answer. He goes like this. He grabs a piece of paper. He says, this is the answer right here. He said, lots of people, that's a five, lots of people live their life at 5%. Very few reach this 80% or 90% at anything. What's the difference between 5% and 80%? He said, Bob, when people get baptized, they become immersed, they immerse themselves into the water. The old life is dead. The new life has come. They immerse themselves in this new life in following Jesus Christ. He said the difference between 5% and 80% is this word right here. Immersion. He said those who master something become 80 to 90% mastery in something read everything they can on the topic. They immerse themselves in the topic. They follow the topic. They do everything they can. They just devote themselves. They immerse themselves into whatever it is they want to be at 80 or 90%. New York Times bestselling author of Tipping Point says it this way. It takes 10,000 hours to become a master at something. 10,000 hours. That means if you spent one hour a day at something, trying to master something, it would take you 27 years to master it. 27 years, an hour a day of rehearsing, reading, studying, following. So Fred Martin is a master at investing. He's one of the best. Because he reads everything about it. He follows it every single day. He immerses himself in the world of investing. Ron Iverson is a master at hunting elk, bow hunting elk. Because every fall for 40 days straight... He's in the mountains, looking at sign, listening, observing, immersing himself in hunting elk. The reason he's at 80% and I'm at 5% is because Ron is filled with all the fullness of all things elk. Question, how many areas can you be at 80 or 90% do you think? Don't say it out loud. I think just two to three. Unless you're a parent of small children at home, then you can't be a master at anything because they will suck the life out of you. You just got to get through it. Okay. But I think you can only be a master. You can only reach peak at 
two to three areas in your life. And so the question is, where do you want to excel? And so we have all these interests, you know, hunting, fishing, golf, biking, marriage. This is not an order. Uh, fantasy football. I have no idea why people are into this, but they are. And I know a lot of you are. That's fine. It's great. Here's the thing. This is so key. You can be 80% at golf and be a total screw-up in your marriage. You can be at 80-90% fantasy football. You're winning everything, driven by it, and be at 5% in your spiritual life and things that really matter. So the question is, you have to decide what two or three areas in your life do you want to succeed at 80-90%. to Look at our verse again. Paul says, look, when you are filled with the fullness of God's life and power, you will accomplish immeasurably more. Can't even measure it. You'll accomplish far more than you could ask or imagine, more than anybody else who's around you more than you can even hold in your brain, more than is humanly possible. So if we are wise, our number one pursuit will be in knowing God, pursuing God, because if you are filled with the fullness of God's life and power, here's what's going to happen to you. You will be able to overcome anxiety. Forgive those who wrong you. Resist destructive temptations. Work through hard conflict in your marriage instead of bailing. Excel at your work. You'll be able to correct your children appropriately and know how to do that. You will make wise decisions about your time, money, career, and relationships. You will be able to build such a relationally and spiritually strong life that you will accomplish far more than you can even hold in your head. So, Being filled with the fullness of God's life and power is my number one priority. I want to be at 80 and 90% in that area so that everything else in my life will fall into place. But gang, that means I have to immerse myself on a daily basis in knowing and pursuing Jesus, and that's not going to happen by accident. That's not going to happen by missing church all summer long. That's not going to happen by seldom reading my Bible, seldom praying, seldom reading books that nourish my soul instead of just James Patterson stuff and whatever, that's fine. Actually reading a book that speaks about the things I'm actually talking about today. The the shelves are sagging with them. This is where a lot of the wisdom that you hear comes from, just from reading great books that enrich your soul. It's not going to happen by accident. If you want to be battle-ready for all that life throws at you, 
It starts by being filled with the fullness of God's life and power. And that means you gotta immerse yourself in knowing and following Jesus. By the way, the other two areas in my life that I wanna be at 80 to 90% are my marriage and my work. My marriage and work, which means I'm gonna probably be pretty lousy at golf and elk hunting. But that's okay. Because I've learned if my marriage is good, I'm good. If my marriage is suffering, I suffer. So it's being filled with God's fullness, my marriage, and then I'm devoted to my work. So let, let's, let's just say you start doing that. By the way, those of you who are in church today and the place is really full and all of our campuses and watching online, that's a sign that you're, you're, you're passionate, you're interested in knowing God. And many of you have a vital relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And I'm so proud of you for taking time to show up and spend an hour just you know, being taught and being in worship. Way to go. Way to go. But let's say you want to take a next step and you start immersing yourself in knowing and following Christ in a big way. And so you begin to notice, hey, there's a new kind of love starting to happen in my life. A new kind of joy, peace goodness, self-control. And, and you start to realize that you're stronger and happier and you're making better decisions about your time, money, and people. And you start to rise from 5% to 10% to 15% and things are going in a great way. But then you decide to go clubbing or bar hopping. Or you decide to get drunk a few times. Or you decide to let your anger, you know, just unleash on people. Or you become addicted. Or you decide to miss church a lot. Or you move in with your boyfriend or girlfriend or you have a child and you're not married. Gang, I'm telling you, just as a person who loves you and cares about your life, those choices will keep you stuck You'll start to rise because you're pursuing Christ, but then these choices will just knock you right back down to 5%. By the way, there's forgiveness for any and all sin. There is, but, but you've got to make wise choices for your life to ever rise up to this level in an area. So the first way is you gotta be filled with all the fullness of God God's life and power, the first way to be, to be that way is to immerse yourself in knowing and obeying Christ. The second way is this. you got to be filled with the Spirit. Kind of the same thing as the first point, but hang with me. Because, you know, if you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to be filled with God's life and power. So it's just an expansion of this, this idea. So be immersed and then be filled. The way Paul writes it in, in chapter 5, he says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to... to Debauchery, it's a good word. It's hard to say, debauchery. But be filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, what is debauchery? I had to look it up. Webster's Dictionary says debauchery, bender, blowout, depravity, gluttony, lechery, lewdness, orgy, overindulgence, going on a holy terror, 5% <laughs> living. Debauchery is a bad deal. And what leads to debauchery is drunkenness. 
and he says, look, don't, don't be drunk with alcohol, which leads to bad things and 5% living. But be filled with the Spirit. Now, if you're a Christian, God's Holy Spirit lives inside you. It's an amazing reality. God's Spirit lives inside you if you're a Christian. If you're not a Christian, we're so glad you're here and listening. And just keep tracking. I mean, just see what God has for you. But if you're a believer in Christ, God's Spirit lives inside you. But this verse says we need to be filled with the Spirit. So there's a difference between having God's Spirit living inside you and being actually filled with God's Spirit. And he compares being drunk with alcohol to being filled with the Spirit. Because a person who's drunk is under the control of alcohol and it affects every part of their life. Paul's saying, just as a person who's filled by alcohol is controlled by alcohol, so a person who is filled with the Spirit is controlled by the Spirit. And every part of their life is affected by the Spirit. He's just using an analogy between alcohol and the Spirit. The other day, I spent four hours in the woods. I was climbing trees and hanging deer stands, and I lost all track of time. It was a hot day, and I didn't drink enough water, so I was severely dehydrated, and I wasn't aware of it. Well, that night, my feet and legs cramped up so badly, I shot out of bed. I mean, it was unbelievable pain. And as soon as I got one muscle smoothed out, another one would knot up and sent me just hopping from room to room, in pain. My wife just laid there because she's kind of used to me doing this, but the dog wondered why I was jumping around in my underpants. And don't visualize that too long, but he, you know, he's, you know, what are you doing? And this went on for two hours from 11 o'clock to 1 a.m. So I, I began drinking as much water as I could, half gallon of water, which leads to other issues when you're old. <coughs> After two hours of just jumping around and drinking, taking in water, the water began to hydrate my body and the pain and the cramps went away. Now here's what happened. I was so consumed by my passion for hanging tree stands and my, my being filled with my passion for hunting that I was totally unaware of how depleted I was. And the same thing can happen to us spiritually. We can get so consumed and wrapped up in our passion for work, travel, kids' sports, exercise, bodybuilding, entertainment, you name it, and be totally unaware of our spiritual depletion. Some of us go for days, days without prayer, days without Bible reading, days without solitude, and worship. Some of us go for days without asking God to fill us with his spirit of love and joy. But then something starts hurting, starts cramping up. Maybe it's your soul that starts hurting or relationships or family. Maybe, maybe you start feeling empty and alone and there's a cramp in your life. And often it's because you're spiritually dehydrated. Paul says, don't be drunk with alcohol, which leads to bad things, but be filled with the Spirit. I'm telling you, every single day of my life, every single day, because I need this, I pray a prayer, something like this. God, fill me today with your Spirit. 
Fill me with everything that you have for me. God, please fill me with your love. I can't muster up enough love to express to people who are hard to deal with. God, fill me with your joy because I'm sad. Fill me with your peace. I'm anxious. God, I need you to do this. I can't do this on my own. I need your power. I need your filling. God, will you fill me this day with your spirit? I'd urge you to pray a prayer like that every single day. Ask him to fill you with his spirit, and he will. Because when you are filled with his spirit and you immerse yourself in knowing Jesus Christ, you will be able to accomplish far more than you could ever imagine. Here's a question. How will you know if you are filled with God's spirit? Well, it'll show, it'll show up primarily in your relationships. So Paul says it this way in Galatians 5.16. He says, the fruit of the spirit, the result of the spirit, spirit's work in your life, these are the things that'll show up and spill out. If the spirit is active in your life, you'll have an increased love for others. These are relationship qualities, joy, peace. You'll be patient with people who just drive you insane. But you'll discover you, you have a patience. There'll be a new kindness, goodness, self-control. And we broke this down a little bit for you. It might make a little, little sense. If you're filled with the Spirit, you'll experience love instead of hatred, joy instead of sadness and sorrow, peace instead of always being anxious and distressed, patience instead of frustration and anger with people, kindness instead of being mean-spirited, and you'll be self-controlled instead of continually out of control. If you are an out-of-control person or you live with someone who's out of control, why is that? Why is that? What are you filled with? A few months ago, I got an email that was titled, Uber Driver Saved My Life. That's, that's interesting. So it said, hello, pastor. I want to tell you about something that happened to me this week in an Uber. She said, I'm a single mom of three, and life hasn't been easy. I haven't been to church since I was a little girl, and I've had no one to talk to me about Jesus since then. But two days ago, I ordered an Uber to go to an appointment in Minneapolis, and I was not prepared for what God had planned. When the driver pulled up and I saw him smiling, I knew it was going to be a nice ride. When I got in, he said hello and just asked me about my day. During the 35-minute drive, she says, I started to open up a little about my life and how hard it's been. He then said, do you go to church? He said, I don't know if I could get into trouble for this, but I believe Jesus has something grand planned for your life. I don't know you. You don't know me. But he said, the love that God has for you is reflected in the act of sending his son to die on a cross for you and for me. And if the only way to save you would be for him to do that all over again, he would do it just for you. She said, I was in tears as he shared the love of Jesus with me and invited me to his church. He told me his name and that he attends a church called Eagle Brook in Blaine, but I live near Wyzetta when he said, well, you could attend our, our Wyzetta campus. I knew it was God speaking to me. So I went. 
I don't know if I'll ever see this man again, but I wanted to tell you of how someone in your church changed my life forever. I never thought in a million years she said that I'd find Jesus Christ in an Uber car, but I thank God for that day when this man drove into my driveway and led me back to faith. What I love about this story is that this driver had nothing to gain personally by telling her about who Jesus was. I mean, he even admitted he could get into trouble for this. It's just who he was. He was so filled with the fullness of God's life and power that, that these things just spilled out of him. In fact, right after Paul says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit, he writes these words, and then speak to each other with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. In other words, when you're filled with God's Spirit, your speech begins to change. Catch that. Things that are inside you will be coming out of you through your speech if you're filled with God's Spirit. That's what this Uber driver did. He just spoke God's love and truth to her. And I wonder, what if we actually start doing that? Not in a weird way, but what if we began speaking words of love and truth to each other and to other people who need it? What if, for example, if your friend loses hope, you just remind him or her of Psalm 46, look, be still and know that he is God. He has this. You'll be fine. Be still. Trust him. Or if your son is facing a hard exam, you remind him of Psalm 108 that says, with God's help, maybe just slip this in his backpack on a note, with God's help, you can do all things. You're going to make it through this exam. You'll get there. Or if you have a daughter who's struggling with low self-esteem, you just remind her of Psalm 139, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Wouldn't that be amazing if parents would tell their daughters that? Or if your spouse is facing a hard day at work, why not remind them of Psalm 121? Our help comes from the Lord. He's the maker of heaven and earth. He's going to get you through this day. I'm praying for you. You'll be fine with God's help. Don't wait for church to say those things. Make it a regular part of your life, gang, to be battle-ready for all the things that comes our way, that come our way, to be battle ready for the temptations and challenges and struggles in life. You gotta be filled with God's spirit. You gotta pursue God with all your heart and being every day. Make it your number one priority to know him, to trust him, to remind yourself of who he is, to offer up a prayer every single day. God. Fill me with your spirit. In fact, as we close our time together at all campuses and online, I, I want to invite you to do something with me, and you don't have to. If this feels uncomfortable, don't worry. Just don't worry. It, it, this is an easy thing, but I, I find that sometimes my posture helps when I'm in prayer. And so if you want to, if you will, just do this with me. Just open palms in your, in your lap. Just It's kind of a submissive, Inviting God to speak and to enter into your soul. And again, you don't have to do this, but if you feel comfortable, just palms up in your lap. And let's pray together. Father, my hands and heart is open to you. 
And so God, right now, right here, will you fill me with your spirit? Remove the junk in my life, the sin. Forgive me for my bad choices when I've made them. But God, my heart and my hands are open to you. Jesus, will you fill me now with your love? I need your love. I get beat up. I don't feel loved in this world, but God, you, you have a love for me. Would you just fill me? Fill me with your joy, God. I'm not a joyful person. I'm sad a lot. Will you fill me right now, right here? Fill me with a fresh kind of joy. God, fill me with your peace. I'm anxious a lot. I have fear, but God, will you remove that and will you fill me now with your spirit of peace? God, fill me with the fullness of who you are so that I can begin to accomplish far more than I could ever imagine. I pray this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. May God fill all of you with his peace and power as you leave today. God bless you. It's been great to be with you.